Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. Well, I hope you're kicking off your summer vaxxed and mask-free. I mean, we soon will be mask-free here in California in a couple, well, I guess two weeks from, from now. Um, woohoo! I think I'm still going to wear my mask here and there. But I think for production-wise, I mean, we're still wearing masks and face masks when actors are around. I'm still being tested three times a week and um, then in like a zone A and the zone B is once a week still. So haven't really lightened up anything in my work world. So can't really throw those masks away just yet, which I don't know. I kind of like not having a cold for, um, you know, a year. So they do work. I kind of, I believe they work. And you know, it's half mental. If you believe something works, it helps you out. So I uh, hope you had a great weekend kicking off the summer. When I always think about like Memorial Holiday, um, you know, I, I grew up in my formative years, let's say in like South Jersey and Memorial Day to Labor Day is the summer. I mean, we only had school for like two more weeks and it really just sort of, to me, is just like, oh, summer's here. But in Los Angeles, you know, it's gray May, it's June gloom, and it's cold, and it's overcast. And now that I moved down to more of like a beachy area, it's really cold, which I like. But it, didn't, it doesn't really feel like summer. <laughs> Plus, I don't have off anymore. Oh, I don't have off at all because I don't know where, when or where my show was ending. So I have, I don't know when, when this show is going to be over. So pretty much think I'm going to be working all summer, which kind of is a bummer, but I'm working. I can't complain. I'm working. I, uh, we did our version of the, um, White House, uh, West Wing, the residence, uh, this morning. And, um, I was taking a couple pictures before everybody walked in, like, and thinking one of the best parts of the job is those few minutes just before the crew comes in and it's like a little bit quiet and you're waiting for people to come in to see it and it's not yours anymore. Like once the crew takes over, it's theirs, you know, I only had it for so long between construction and lighting and paint that it's sort of like set dressing little baby in there. And then you just sort of hand it over and you're like, be gentle and don't ruin it. And oh, I stayed up nights thinking about that fabric and that pillow and those tassels. And okay, someone threw it on the floor. Okay, we had to move that couch. Okay, I'm just, I got to get out of here. That's why it gives me anxiety to stay in the room and see, um, you know, when things are moved for camera. But that's how it gets shot, so I can't uh, can't say anything. Um, 
I think one of the other things too with summer is always that Memorial Day was always this huge like blockbuster weekend and I mean don't get me wrong I want to see Cruella but this isn't like a big blockbuster week like they they're not releasing anything <laughs> to make me feel like it's summer I always think of like Batman or you know Jurassic Park or things like that that came out and started your summer so don't you know it's kind of a bummer I mean I'm gonna watch Cruella I'll definitely get into it I want to go to the movies I probably won't yet but um I'm gonna rent it I think the design looks fabulous I really do it just looks intriguing to me I'll check it out what's one up watching (laughs) you and I because I know you you've got good taste you're listening to this podcast you finished up Mayor of Easttown also, and what a great ending. I really liked it. Um, I liked all of it. I loved all of it, and kudos to the production designer, Keith Cunningham, and set decorator, um, Edward McLaughlin. Nailed it. You picked phenomenal locations to sell Delco, and um, all my cousins who live in Delco are really happy with it, so thanks. <laughs> Um, I love all these interviews with Kate Winslet talking about Wawa. I love Wawa. I've always wanted to bring Wawa to the West, but it's not happening. Um, but I just think a great story and, um, there's not much else on. So I think everybody was like, you know, just so thirsty for it. Um, I'm watching Hacks, which I, you know, they're doing like two at a time. That's on HBO Max. I think it's funny and it's good and Jean Smart um, also in Mayor of Easttown. Such a range and so funny and um, I like it. And then I'm picking up that third season of uh, the Kaminsky Method. I just started that last night. I did like two episodes I think. I really am watching it for the Kathleen Turner. Um, I don't know. I'm just amazed and like I can't take my eyes off her when she's on screen just I can't believe that that's her but the show's the show is the show it just sort of makes you laugh or it's it's okay to have on I don't think it's anything great but um I was gonna credit the designers but there's a lot on there on IMDb and I don't know what's going on so you know I like it uh and I always have my housewives which I might, not for any of you Housewives fans, thinking of having a Housewives episode talking about the design of their houses and the reunions because, and I don't, I always hate to like say who's going to be on upcoming episodes because everybody's schedules change and you never know and then it doesn't happen. I feel like every time I announce something then it doesn't happen. Um, so... But I'm pretty sure this, that one's going to happen. So that's probably going to come up in July after these uh, little, these Emmy interviews that I have to uh, consider. Um, some Emmy contenders. So let's get to it. On this episode, I speak with production designer Kalina Evanoff about her design of the 50s noir series Lovecraft Country. Studying theater in NYU, uh, it led Kalina to storyboarding. For such films as Silence of the Lambs, wow, (laughs) Quiz Show, Sleepers, and like 20 other great films. 
Um, Kalina, she then transitioned to production designing and has a huge range is what I noticed in her resume from comedies of like The Best Man and Uptown Girls to that long shot with um, Charlize Theron. I really like that movie. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a great premise. And then I heard Seth Rogen talking about it on Stern and he was like, I just wrote it so I can make out with a pretty girl. So I like that. I think that's funny. Um, anyway, Kalina also did Smash. Remember that show? It was, oh, it was so good on NBC. It was a lot. There was like all these dance numbers and the choreography and oh, it was so good. It was like a play. It was like a TV show about a play about Marilyn Monroe. I'm in. I'm always in. Um, Kalina has done dramas like Rabbit Hole, The Conspirator, which I just recently watched again by Robert Redford. Phenomenal. The series Kings and then that Netflix series Seven Seconds, which I didn't quite watch when it was on. And now I just watched it because I was going to talk to her. And that's pretty good if anybody needs a show. Seven Seconds on Netflix. It's by the creator of The Killing. That's a good one. Um, Kalina also has an Emmy for her production design of HBO's Grey Gardens, which, oh, Grey Gardens. <laughs> Grey Gardens is such a phenomenal story. And then to be able to design that world of these women, is just, uh, you'll see, we get into it. Um, but we mostly talk about Lovecraft Country, which... I, wa- I started it when it came out in, I think, August. I did one episode and I was like, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to get into this. And then life happens. I went back to work and here I am. So I just watched the whole thing in the last week. And it's gorgeous. It, there's so many sets. You, uh, you will be astonished how many sets are in, a, in, in each episode. There aren't really any perm sets. It's crazy. Um, and all of these different designs and different styles that she melds together to make this story, it's really beautiful. Um, I have no idea what was going on in the series, but I couldn't get enough of the design. Kalina talks about her use of color tones that thread all of this pulp fiction together. It's really beautifully done. Um, it's a period show set in the South in the 50s. But uh, the story goes like into Korea. It goes into space. It goes in. I mean, they time travel. She, she, she had a lot to do. So it's all over the place. But every set lends to this story and just makes you want to see more. So I hope you enjoy. beautiful painting back there it's mine beautiful yeah that was from our last trip um right two weeks before the pandemic hit we went to morocco yeah we came back literally february 16 and then the pandemic hit you know like literally two weeks later it was crazy and so i ended up painting a lot of uh my memories and you know just looking at the photos and from that and, you know, from Morocco. Oh, 
at least you got that at least you got that in there before before we shut down literally we felt like wow we really like wow because at the end of every show i take a trip Oh. Um, so this was uh, right after this was planned well we were still shooting uh, Lovecraft Country and so um, anyway you must have needed and you... it was commissioned by my husband he said like can you paint this one on this board so we can put it outside and when we when I finished it I said I really like it I think I'm going to change I used to have a more abstract painting there mm-hmm. and I'm like I think I like this I like the colors I like the vibrancy it makes me happy during pandemic time oh. You know, I love it. And, and then I thought, and then I thought, well, it's like kind of like my color palette in life. <laughs> I mean, you should have taken a year off after Lovecraft Country. Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's so funny. Yes, I, I agree. I, yes, I. So I started it when it came out, and then was uh-huh. like, all right, I'm going to get back to this. And then, so I just watched all of it to to speak to you, but I knew that it was this like huge undertaking i had watched like the first two episodes in august i think when it came out but i had no idea which way that story would go and gotta be honest i don't even know what was going on but i was so enthralled with (laughs) what i was seeing that it was i was i I can't even describe how much prep you should have had (laughs) I know, isn't it amazing? I know. It's like, that's the thing. It's like when people ask me, and I have to recount, like, well, when did you start? And I go like, well, this, I was hired on December 3rd, 2018. And we started shooting in June, 2019. But it, it, that's not enough. That's not because enough. they helped me the entire show. It, there was 500 pages when I was handed. Like, I didn't do the pilot, though. Uh, a friend of mine did it. But... Um, but there must have been over 500 sets. I mean, there were so many sets. It was, I think, I think it's, but I, you know, I've never counted them. Misha says it's 162. I think it's 190. We have an argument about that. Uh, it, because it really depends on how you count sets. Yeah. You know, sometimes. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could do that whole house. is like, oh, there's a set. And you're like, no, there were 16 right. rooms inside. It, it really there's, it's not one set. It, it, and the exterior and the interior can be split sometimes, right? right? So, so you it depends. It truly depends on how you count sets, but it doesn't matter. They were all of such scale and so vastly oh. different and spanning every genre possible that I think the the monumental task here was into finding a tone for everything, yeah. and and that it didn't end up looking like a complete and utter one music video after the other. You right. know, like it, it disjointed, like 10 other people did it, you know, they needed to be some kind of a through line in the design, no matter where you were. So that was, that was what was so uh, complicated about it. And, and I just remember like how I was um, going back and forth between Atlanta and LA scouting and doing concepting and scouting and concepting, trying to figure out the look and trying to get 11 big sets up for day one. You know, <laughs> which, by the way, got misinterpreted in Gold Derby as I did 11 sets. It's like, no, but I think that I phrased it wrong, too. This is kind of like why I don't like live interviews. No. It's better, <laughs> better, better to put it in print, honestly. Of course, you're going to say I, you know, I did uh, 11, 11 sets for the first day. But for anyone not knowing in our world that doesn't mean just you there's hundreds of there's probably a hundred people at least working on that one set like it oh, shouldn't be interpreted like that for people who know what's what's going on yeah here. yeah yeah and it's also just 
I mean, as I said, it was very complex, but I loved the project so much. I never felt, it was the most interesting thing. I never felt tired or I was constantly thinking about it. Even on weekends, I would, sometimes I would just go to the office on my own time, just not to have, not to be interrupted and not to have a lot of people. I think the hardest thing about television is the amount of meetings you have to do. Ugh. And, you know, I know. It kills That's you the- and it kills your, it kills your momentum. Yes. During your day. Yeah, literally, I actually made graphics make me a a sign that had a crocodile on it. And basically, (laughs) basically, basically said, like, do not interrupt when the crocodile was on the door. (laughs) Basically, do not interrupt because I couldn't even draw a sketch. I often had to draw on Saturdays because that was the only time I could get like and I can do it then in an hour or two hours. Otherwise, it's just like I it took me two days because I worked five minutes here, five minutes there. I think so you, anyway, could, you uh, could see how consuming this project would be and and breaking it down to shoot it, I just think was an enormous task. I mean, I don't, I was asking too, like, did you block shoot this? Did you do it by episode? Like, how did you guys shoot this? Well, I wish we could have block shoot. Uh, you know, that was one of the first questions I asked. Are we going to have like two or three directors only, like Game of Thrones? Right, you know, right. So that you can block shoot it, which is what this should have been. And they said, no, Misha wants 10 different directors. And I just looked at my producer and went like, boy, that's going to be a challenge. And I just said, like, you already have 500 really challenging pages. And now you're adding a direct, a revolving door of directors. Coming in fresh. And 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 scouts all the time. And I mean, I think that like, you know, it's so funny because now I've gone back to film and I just, I did it, I did this, I just finished a movie with the George Clooney directed called The Tender Bar. And that sounds so good. And I read the script and I went like, oh, well, that's an episode and a half of Love Preference. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> movie. I said, I think I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And literally, I was like going, oh, literally. TV like, is so much harder. <laughs> I mean, I own, I'm, majority of my work is TV and the few films I've done, I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I shot the right. whole movie. Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. Like, it's just... I know, I know. And it's it, it's very interesting. And now I just, I kind of like went like, oh, I think I'm going to stick to film for a little bit. Because yeah, you deserve I, a break. <laughs> I mean, it, it also, Lovecraft Country, on, the, uh, on one hand, I want every show to be on that level. That's yeah, very hard yeah. to meet that material or that, that material will get to you. Right, you know? right. That's, that's a high bar. Yeah. And then I'm like, but I also want a better pacing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, time and money. I, we all want more time and money. <laughs> I, I can't sustain this kind of pacing day in, day out. No. You know, like at some point. Uh, and, and, and the thing with me is because I, I so need to be involved with the material, need to connect to the material. And I so come from a very artistic and an intuitive place. It's so important for me to be engaged with the material. I cannot become automatic about the decisions. Right, right. Then I feel like my the, the work is just not special. That's right. the whole thing is I want every project that I do to be very special. To me, to just, let's start with just me. And then to the yeah. audience. For everyone yeah, yeah. to have that challenge on your team also and not to get complacent or like, oh, just throw it in there. Correct. Oh, just do this. It is exactly. it's it's really hard sometimes to stay that in there because of exhaustion and like on something like this when you're just 
I, I, don't, I don't know what shoots tomorrow or I don't know. Like I'm in that phase right now. We're just like the schedule is non-existent. It's basically like looking at a call sheet and knowing what shoots the next three days. Like I'm just exhausted by the like production side of it. Not right. not my work. Right. I'm like deep dive. I deep dive like every night before I go to bed into like research and like everything sure. in, in my world. But the production side of it, the meetings, like, oh my God, now I have a tech scout tomorrow. I was going to address that. Like, it's so much that goes on that we have to deal with that to actually produce these great sets like you have had is is kind of miraculous. <laughs> really, I don't know how well, we all get it done. I think that, I think that with, with a couple of things happened, it was just the right combination of people, mm. you know, and, and a lot of it has to do, it was very well produced. And that's a really that's key part fantastic. of television. I find that like in television, if I don't, what I have learned, that if I don't have the right line producer for the project, yes, yes, yes. that makes or breaks the experience. Yes. And so I was very lucky to have a really, really great line producer and production manager. Oh, and I had worked with this line producer 20 years early on a movie, but he comes from very big movies. So he's got a very film point of view. So he also respects design. That's a key thing. That's For a show like super. that, if I am not supported as an artist or as a designer, yeah. then it then becomes really, really challenging yeah. on top of everything. Yeah. And so I find myself uh, just re- literally surrounded by the right people. That was the key, That's, I think. Yeah, uh, and, and that, I think, was what was so special about it and why it happened the way it happened, you know. And... Um, and he hired the top people. They supported me. I had a very big team. You know, you can't do this with a small team. You can't nickel and dime no, me on can't. things. Not that we didn't have budget challenges, but you cannot nickel and dime us. You know, we yeah. have to, like, we had certain things. I mean, there were definitely things like, I, I remember by the time we got to episode seven, which is the wildest episode, that's the one that, we, you know, Hippolyta goes to different planets and stuff oh like that. Oh, my God. Mind blown. I don't even know how you kept track of what is going on in that episode because I watched it and I was like, I don't know what I just watched, but I like it. I don't know. Well, it was such a great, I mean, it was so great. It's my, by far my favorite thing of the entire show. Uh, Out of like everything is a favorite. I mean, how about episode six, Korea? The Korea one. I, well, this is what I wanted to ask you. I mean, I I don't want to cut you off, but I do, I did notice you were talking about your, you want the same tone and everything, like how you were able to keep even the same tone when you went to Korea. And a well, completely different architecture and completely different, you know, design elements. And you were still able to tie this whole story together with the design. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous work. Well, uh, I mean, let's dive into it. I mean, it all starts, I mean, let me just say a little bit about where I come from, mm-hmm. you know, because I think it will inform the conversation. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not an American. I was born in Bulgaria, uh, but my family and I left actually quite uh, the truth that we escaped like we legally went into Greece and with the intent to come uh, uh, to America to live in America so we were refugees lived in refugee hotels refugee camps etc etc and that was because Bulgaria was communist so I was very determined to make a career for myself what that career was going to be I don't know but I was going to work in theater and so I went to design school I went to NYU design school so I was trained as a theater designer 
and I was an undergraduate in a graduate program, which <laughs> mercifully had no idea what that meant, <laughs> by the way, uh, because in Europe, it's all like university. So I thought it was the same thing. It turned out to be not the same right. thing. So <laughs> I probably, I would have never have taken it upon myself to do it if had I known. But anyway, it, it, it was, but I was trained as a theater designer. So what the beauty of that is, that as a theater designer, you get to work, you get to, you trained into conceptualizing a text. So you're very text oriented, you conceptualize and you do different genres because one project is a ballet, one teacher teaches opera, one teacher teaches Shakespeare, etc. So you do so many different genres and you have to be nimble and you taught to design from Shakespeare to a musical to My Fair Lady. And that is the foundation. That's a great foundation for a designer. Absolutely. I, now, looking at it in hindsight, I mean, hindsight is 2020, but uh, it just, it literally prepared me for a show like Lovecraft Country. And also like, you know, obviously years of experience, but I don't think without, so what, what comes down to is when I look at a text, even when it's 500 pages, even when each episode is a separate movie and a separate world, you start to think about how you're going to approach this through color conceptually from the beginning so that it doesn't become a mishmash. As I said, it doesn't become like a string of music videos right. done by different directors and different people. Right. You know, it, it's, it's because not a it can, it can too, with that input of different directors wanting to put their own spin on things, it can very easily twist a little bit and, and get lost. I've seen it happen. Well, it was impossible in our situation because I think that Misha had such a specific vision. Mm. So much of it was in the script, like the music cues were in the script, that mm. I don't think the directors, the directors had some freedom, but they really couldn't change the style or the vibe. And mm -hmm. also, I was already designed and built by the time they walked in. Right, I mean, right. It was really are. They could they could add and they could ask for things and there were some really lovely things that they asked for and we can add to the design but they couldn't fundamentally change neither the color palette nor the, the overall design because it i was way ahead of everyone i mm -hmm. had to be in order to produce such large scale sets sometimes for just one episode uh, and, you know there was very few reoccurring sets no so, <laughs> yeah that's the other thing that was so difficult about that project so one of the things that I did with the color palette to ground the whole thing, to, 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 to ground it so it has a theme to it, was I gave the black characters the most wonderful jewel tone colors, the most yeah. vibrant, deep, beautiful colors. I gave all the black characters those colors. And it was kind of went the same in the costumes. And I kept the darker, more grayer on the gray scale, deeper, more sinister colors for all the white people. Yeah. So if you look at it, if you start analyzing it that way, you'll see that that's true. And how in many ways the white world is, you can look at it almost as mono, more monochromatic. So it doesn't have this kind of pop of color the way the black worlds did. And that was by design and that was by choice. And that was to say something about my characters, the emotional lives, Right. who I really loved and was behind and what world, you know, I was yeah. trying to, to make for them. And so, so when we get to Korea, you know, one of the things is we shot that, we also shot out of order, but that episode, we all agreed we were going to shoot last in order to get the winter look mm. because 
the story really takes place in three months because uh, episode eight has to be at Emmett Till, which is August 28th at his uh, historical death. Right. You know, so we, and so it's all very summer. You needed the summer, you needed the hot, you needed to create that look of sun, scorching sun, um, hot summer, hot, 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 sweat mm. and, 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 and heat. And then we knew we wanted Korea to contrast. So that's kind of how you know you, you determine your palette from the from the beginning and then i have like i have a certain amount of 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 colors or certain amount of color deck that i would use per show so you try not to stray and not to use every single imaginable color under the sun right. you know and and that's how you control the, the the look and you get or or you create and design the look basically yeah i mean one of the things it, you are time traveling you're 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 already based i believe in the 50s but then you have this white room that's so modern and and the space room which is incredible um you have this i i'd like to say like this gothic architecture for that that beautiful mansion that they that they have i mean to incorporate all of these different looks but to keep it cohesive was just gorgeous just gorgeous work i mean really and the set decorating and everything and the light i mean the lighting i thought was really good that's really good. so important <laughs> the lighting yes. has to be on your side so yes. yeah i really and, great and they deserve he deserves all the credit the main uh cinematographer was rob mccullum and uh i've worked with him before and that helped a lot because we had a very successful relationship and he's somebody who really respects design and and uh uh, really appreciates it and is very collaborative and leans into design, mm. you know, so he's not, he understands what a good design can do for him, you know, and I understand what good lighting can do for me. And there were a lot of discussions and a lot of collaboration there. And, um, and, and it was, and because they bring the cinematographer so late, for example, I had pitched Misha the idea that episode two takes place in candlelight. You know, right. so anytime I design, I also think about the lighting and the mood. And I kept telling her, that's our Barry Lyndon episode. Let's do with Barry Lyndon. <laughs> we're supposed to do it like, well, because the lodge is a replica of 1795. And I just wanted to create, and it's a mythical village that's not even on the map. And it's, what is this? And people look like they're pilgrims, you know, uh, and it's yeah. like, what is this? And I really wanted to feel like, uh oh, you stepped into a completely different century and a different time. And why am I here? Except for the lab, where because he's experimenting with energy and he's trying to create a whole new Garden of Eden energy, he is more like experimenting like Tesla with electricity. And that's where you see the electrical bulbs right. and the electricity and the orbs. I designed those orbs actually to be like Tesla like. Um, you know, versus like just a magician orb, you know? Right. Um, and so there was a lot of, um, I always think about lighting. Actually, that's one thing I've learned as a designer is that you really should think about lighting when you're designing your sets, because it will be, um, it will just help both of you. Yeah, definitely. definitely. We, we go hand in hand. Yeah. And, and, but I was really, really, uh, lucky that I had somebody I'd worked with before which is a coincidence and and, and that, that relationship was very good well thank god <laughs> yes it could go wrong but the, whole, but the whole show was like that everybody was so collaborative and everybody from special effects to visual effects 
everybody was just so collaborative and lovely to work with and on the same page and wanted oh, to awesome. do the same thing and really respected me because I was kind of the, uh, I was leading the troops in a way because I was so much ahead of everyone conceptually. And I had done a big presentation, a hundred page presentation in March uh, to, to, to HBO to green light us. So, so much of the look was already determined in mm -hmm. two and a half months, you know, and, and kind of like people had to get on board and everyone did and everyone we had no pettiness no ego fights no none of that everybody worked towards the same goal and everybody was just enchanted by the, the the challenge that the show presented and i also just think at the end of the day your showrunner is so charismatic and has such vision such strong vision and so articulate about it and yet she gives you so much freedom i think that's the key I mean, in television, that's your key. That's your director, basically. Yeah, they have to know they hired a good person and they have to let them go with it. That's Yes, that's, and yeah. she did. And same for costumes, you know. So it's a really, really collaborative. It's not It's not just one person, uh, Army. But I could not have succeeded had I not had such support from the crew, from every department head. I mean, special effects when we built the tank. All that with blood? The you had so much blood on your set. <laughs> I mean, we build our own tank, you know, for these tunnels. And then we, look, what an engineering kind of challenge to also figure out how they're going to walk into, uh, how they're going to go from ankle deep water to knee deep water to Upper chest yeah. deep water. Yeah. You know, that took a little bit of figuring out. And again, having the, the right team around you, the right team of our directors, the right team of construction people, scenics, it's a key. You, you, it's a tribe. It, you yeah. carry an army, and the whole army needs to uh, love the assignment. It's, it's, so, it's movie, anyway, it I really was, is movie magic. Sometimes you think, like, how did we do that, and how did we get it done in time? That's always that. We did it, and we did it, and it, and it, and the thing about it is, as I said, I never ever felt exhausted or like at that point of where you just on autopilot. I never got yes. on autopilot. I was engaged till the last day. Somebody asked me, were you like coasting in the last episode? I said, hardly because that was career. Yeah. <laughs> you know? didn't even give a and chance. I, you can't coast in career. You so, can't because you're supposed to find career in the war in the middle of Atlanta. You know, I know. so you're digging ditches in, a, in the field across from the studio, you know. <laughs> anyway, no, did it, was, you, it, was, it, was, it was interesting. Yes. Did you read the books to get yes, the I had actually read the book. I had read the book in 2017, which is why I chased this project. Oh, wow. And even my agent was saying, why do you want to do this? Somebody else did the pilot. And I said, I don't think you understand. There's wow. every, every episode is different because yeah. that's how the book oh, is. Yeah. The book takes, yeah. And so I was just like, no. Uh, and I said, and if I don't get it, I'm interviewing for a, for a season two. Don't worry about it. I was <laughs> I mean, like, I want to do it. No. I yeah. always think pilot, smile First of all, I don't, I don't, I hate doing pilots. It's so much work. It's so little time. And, and there's so many notes that come after it that episode two is, I mean, I know that they've based a look, but the meat of it and the real like, okay, now, now we really have to build it or now, it, you know, we're not on location for this. Now it's a real thing. A lot of times that's where the challenges are. It's like the episode two, when you inherit stuff, it's hard. It's, I mean, but it's also fun. I mean, I, I, I'd rather do that than, than the pilot for me. Yeah. I, technically, I would like to do the whole thing. The, in this particular case, I uh, we the pilot 
wasn't completely finished. Mm. So the ending, Artem Lodge's mind, the beginning, the opening sequence is mine, in the middle, Montrose's apartment is mine. Mm. So there was so much okay, crossover. Yeah. So the pilot actually, uh, uh, and it wasn't, the, I mean, a designer is a friend of mine, um, and we talked about it and everything, and I absolutely preserved his work because it was beautiful, and it should have been preserved. Uh, it was gorgeous, and but there was so much of also of the rest of what we did got added to the pilot that it's a total collaboration right. in the way the pilot, you know. Right. Uh, and I think they even credit me. I, I didn't even ask for it. Somebody else, somebody did it. I didn't ask for it. I, I just don't really care. Which, um, which just, episode are you submitting? I don't I don't know which. Uh, so for the Emmys, uh, well, I always submit seven if it's only one, but I think that I submitted three episodes. So I think I submitted two, four, and seven. Okay. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it every one of them is submittable. It's not like you got a weak link there. It's like... Exactly. Well, seven is like, seven shows such range that uh, it's like, I don't know how you argue with this, with seven, yeah. right? Um, for the Art Directors Guild, I submitted two, six, and seven. So for the Emmys, I think that's why I that's went sick. back and went like, well, that didn't work. Let me try two, four, and seven. That, uh, that Art Directors Guild is elusive. They're elusive. <laughs> I've... Well... I mean, I, I, I don't, I've already won it once. I yeah. don't really, uh, I, I think it's a very, I think that it's such a competitive category. Yeah. I'm not sure how you pick between My Show, Mandalorian, uh, Westworld, um, yeah. uh, Perry Mason. You know, I mean, how, how does Perry Mason fit with everything else? You know, like, I mean. Yeah, that the categorization it, of like, you know, period versus fantasy and everything, it's they very. They need to split them. They it, need to really split do. them. It needs to be period, it needs to be fantasy, and then, uh, et cetera. And then, you know, like, on, uh, I, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I was delighted that I got nominated. That's that's great. Uh, if I get nominated for an Emmy, that would be great. I don't know. It's incredibly competitive because yeah. now you're combining actually in the Emmys. 10 of the ADG into five. You got to whittle yeah. it down to five. Yeah. And one of those is uh, Queen's Gambit, and you know that's going to win. So, so it's like, <laughs> you know. But I, yeah. I agree with you because I'm on, a, I'm on a show right now, and it's period, and we were talk, I'm talking with the designer, and I go, wait a minute. We're period against the crown. I'm out. We're out. We're out. Like right. it's not gonna. Like we'd be well, lucky yeah, to get nominated. It's not like the crown was the last one, and I actually thought I was gonna lose to the crown. I was surprised. I yeah. I, the I, I was surprised because I thought the crown was gonna win. That's that's it. That that was I couldn't could never think of the fifth one, and that's the one I was saying. Well, the crown's won every single award. I know. I know. And, it's like and, when and Mad Men was around. <laughs> uh, but they gave it to Mandalorian, which is fine. Uh, I mean, there's no. I, I don't really. I don't really don't get me started on Mandalorian because they put it in half hour in the Emmys last year and 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 which is ridiculous to me and because it's over 45 minutes long each episode I, I could go on for an hour about that <laughs> in general I think it's best to divorce yourself from the whole um uh, awards thing <laughs> you know I just feel like it's healthier if one can just like I mean for me it's like look but we're not designing I, for the award there's never that's exactly not what I was going to say do you think that I for a moment think oh my god I'm gonna get nominated when I'm designing. You can't. No. We didn't know those, I, no. Because you, you you don't know. Because twice in my career there have been things I've been associated with that went 
to the Oscars that I no one ever foresaw and no one ever thought about it. One is when I storyboarded Sounds of the Lambs. No one ever thought we were going to the Oscars for that movie, let alone win five of them. Yeah. And the other one is Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. No one ever thought we were going to the Oscars. And at that time, it was only five movies. It wasn't even 10. It wasn't even 10. We were, yeah. It wasn't 10. And we were a very strong contender, by the way, to win. Oh, we my God. Yeah. It. Little Miss Sunshine like and, was like the darling. So, so for me, I've kind of learned, do you work as if it's your last project? Do you work like this is, you know, uh, and or, or as if it's like you put your heart in it and as if it's going to go to the Oscars, even if, yeah. if, if even if it doesn't. It doesn't the Oscars matter. in your it head. <laughs> it doesn't matter because you're not doing it for that. You're yeah. doing it for your own personal growth as, a, as an artist. And, and and I I think are you won for Grey Gardens. You won the Emmy for Grey Gardens. Yes. And yes. and well, here's the thing. Here, I I won an Emmy for Veep, and and we went into the next season, and I thought, which well, one, for Veep. For which one? Veep. Oh, for Veep. Uh huh. Okay. Yes. And uh-huh. so I really thought, like, well, cha-ching, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna get a bump. I'm definitely gonna get something. Nah. Right? No. Nah. Right. Or like, oh, um, yeah. you get more offer, you get more that. No, it doesn't create for the creatives, the Emmys and everything. It's got to be your inner own achievement. And it's awesome. It's a great, you know, your peers have voted that. But um, it's not, you're not going to, you know, it's not a payday. It's not like I an actor or something. It's not, you're not going to happen. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, it's so interesting. It's, I also think like, there are designers, designers, you know, and then there's uh, popularity designers, you know, and, yeah. and that's a very fine line and yeah, very yeah. different. And some people, like, I mean, I was surprised that Devs wasn't even submitted, for example. I mean, that was an amazing show, you know, like, for, uh, for, for I mean, right. there are people who choose not to submit and don't want to get into that at all. And that's why that's not important to me at all. That's not what drives me, never has driven me. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's not important. It's really not important at all. It, what's really important is, for me, is to find, the, to be true to the characters and to the story, and to be true to the genre or jo- multiple genres, to whatever you're doing. And in that sense, I want to be like a chameleon. And that's why I've always not, re- I, I, I've done every genre, uh, you know, like, and I've yeah. very much worked very hard to go from project to project and do different genres so that I don't get stuck in only in comedies. Because after Little Miss Sunshine, you get offered every comedy road movie. You know, <laughs> you literally get every, because that is the only thing you can do. And so you don't do that. You do something right. completely different. And I remember after I did a, a big studio movie, I was telling the producer, I said, like, I'm going to do an art movie. And he goes, because there's no money in it? And I said, no, because that's where you get your awards, by the way. But I'm saying but that's where you actually you get your name recognition from. Yeah. Believe it or not. I mean, so sometimes. many, so many smaller films I can think of that are referenced all the time when you're like, I want that like right. like that little Miss Sunshine vibe. Like exactly. things are referenced like that. And I'm sure exactly. you can you can attribute to this when you were designing that film you weren't thinking that like oh i'm gonna like key in on this road trip family movie vernacular of like i uh, think well you shot it in albuquerque right but i don't know if it was based in albuquerque but yeah <laughs> it's a really funny story about that's a very funny story about that uh so 
it shot a little bit, second unit went to Albuquerque. It's shot entirely in LA. Oh. Uh, now, the script and why I got roped into it from the East Coast uh, was be- the script originally, the trip was Maryland to Florida. So mm. it took place on the East Coast. Mm. So, however, the actors, Steve Carell, blah, 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 the directors, they all had kids and wanted to stay home in LA. So they decided they were going to do Maryland to Florida in LA. So they hire an East Coast designer who's going to give them the East Coast look. So I go out scouting. <laughs> and after three days of scouting Pasadena, which is about the, about the most everybody assures me that's the East Coast Because of the trees. I just, go, <laughs> I just go, let me look at a map. And I just go, all right, all right, all right. I can figure this out. It should end in LA. Because in the meantime, we go to a, see a real pageant in Anaheim, you right. know, and stuff like that. So right, I right. see that there's a whole world of these pageants in Anaheim. So, so that's LA, boom. So they can end in, pa- in Anaheim, Anaheim. And I'm just doing 800 miles, because that's what they have to get, 800 miles in two days. And I do like, a, like you know, like just a circle of that. And I land in Albuquerque and I go, oh, I see that. I can find that in LA. Oh, I can yeah. find Albuquerque in LA, <laughs> you know. So I went and pitched them the idea. I said, do you mind changing the story from Albuquerque to LA? I said, what's the importance? Maryland to Florida. It doesn't play any doesn't add to the story. No. The story is the van. No. The, the story is the van. Yeah. That's the story. And the road and a bunch of people in it. It's the family unit. Yeah. And I, everybody went, you're right. And I said, it will liberate us. We can actually look 360 degrees all the time. We don't have to worry about it. You still, we don't have to be stuck in Pasadena on two blocks of, of buildings and trying to pretend that that's, that's you know, yeah. uh, you know, the East Coast. And because it's not even urban, I can do downtown LA for Manhattan, which is what I did in um, the uh, the Best Man, uh, not the Best Man, excuse me, the Maid of uh, Maid of Honor. We did that. We shot a New York in LA. Yeah, but that's downtown LA. Yeah, they were on the road. They, you know, so so anyway, and and so that's that's kind of the story of how we ended up being from Albuquerque to LA. I love then, love love hearing when the design <laughs> logic is brought into like the writer or the producers and then they're like and it's like a real light bulb goes off as if how did no one think of this or how was this not an option before like it's so it's it's crazy to me i've heard so many stories like that i've heard so many stories of just the design logic blending more to the story and 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 everything it's so great well, I think it's. I, I think it, it just. It, it has to do also with your fresh eyes. Everybody's so used to the script by now, and they've true, just true. accepted yeah. it as the truth, you know. And they've gone down this road, and they just can't think outside of it. And you coming in, new, fresh, looking, going. Yeah, I, I don't know. Right. This is this seems crazy to me. There's palm trees everywhere. Yeah, I you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, and we only have seven million. It's not like I mean, sure, if this is a big budget movie and something like that, and we can VFX everywhere and change palm trees, sure, no problem. But but you don't have that kind of money and we had so many locations it was it was amazing but it was such an interesting experience and it was such a, it was the one of the best scripts i read that's one thing i know is like if the script is good then you should do it you know yeah. and so anyway that's that's the important thing is it's story storytelling and story and character building. and that must have been a quick i mean probably location scouting location scouting shoot it we're done like Six so, weeks of prep or seven weeks, six weeks of six or seven weeks of prep and six weeks, seven weeks of yeah. shooting. That was it. It and, was just like, yeah. And I yeah. I ran through it again. It's so good. It's oh, so good. It's, it's a classic. Tony Collette a, is so good in that movie. Oh my God. It's so good. And her room, her little, her room is fantastic. 
I mean, I'm sure you, ha- I'm sure I- I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm sure it was written that it was that type of automobile, like an old clunker sort of family van that you could get into. But I know that that's always a discussion of what you can actually get and what is written. Well, the one thing is, I can't remember if, if it was written as a BMW bus. I have to go back to the script and, and, and see if it was written. But I know that we wanted it to be yellow. And I know we spent a lot of time on, on, on the exact shade of yellow. Mm. And I know that one of the advantages of being on, on in LA is that you have really proper picture car people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and one of them is a friend of, uh, is married to a friend of mine who's also a designer, who's got a huge picture car thing. So he, d- he went and did the, the four cars and through a, a half car we had four and a half uh to, to do it because you know you are um i mean you have to cut you know one has to have seats one doesn't have seats one has to be cut in the middle blah right. blah, blah you know like you need for there's so much shooting in that vehicle you needed four and then we ended up with a half so four and a half and there <laughs> wasn't there wasn't any green screening as far as i could see no, no it nope, was all real nope, real dry yep crazy. That's yep, awesome. all on the road, all real. But that's why you needed four, four and a half, half car so that you can do the different. You can get all these shots. Yeah, great cinematographer Tim Schuster, really nice guy. Yeah, you um, see, I mean, you brought up great cinematographers, and um, I, I just rewatched The Conspirator. Who, oh, I mean, that to me is so hard because it's before electricity. And it's yeah. all candlelight or daylight. And or gaslight. I, I guess I, and I'm sure your collaboration there had to be just like hand in hand and just the design of it and where the lighting would be. And, and, and plus, I mean, it's period. It's um, the assassination of, of um, Abraham Lincoln and the trial of the conspirators with Robin Wright Penn and such a really dark but like historical like history lesson that I never knew and I mean I, I saw it when yeah. it came out but re-watching it, I was like man this was yeah. so sad this was so it's a very underrated movie it's it very is. very good yes it's based on the, it's based on the trial transcripts so it's based on the true trial transcripts and it's the first woman uh, killed by the American government as a, and they wanted to make an example out of her they were trying to catch her son uh, but and wanted to make an example out of her, but they ended up, uh, you know, they ended up, yes, um, yep, she, she got hung, as you know. Uh, and I mean, we did it in Savannah, really good place to to do a period movie. Mm-hmm. And also, when you have Robert Redford as a director, you know, everybody yeah. opens their home, their historical, pristine home to you. Right. And so, so in that sense, we were lucky because when you have a big name director like that that people love, that's beloved. Uh, it's a lot easier to get those period locations, uh, you know, and that and we really needed that because we were only 25 million. And so, you know, oh, wow. but it was very, it was really the right city for us because so much of the history is preserved. That's the key. I mean, and to, to do that when, when you're doing 1865 and then Melissa Levander was my decorator. She's she actually, I met her a little bit sunshine and she's done. Um, she also did uh, made of honor with me and she just finished the tender bar the George Clooney movie. Oh, that's great to come back together. Yeah. I tried to take her every, everywhere uh, that I can. Uh, And um, so uh, she had such a brilliant idea because one of the things that is so complicated to do on 1865 film, anything that's before 
the 1950s becomes complicated in the multiples. You oh, know, definitely. How oh, do yeah. you get multiple chairs that are exactly the same? How do you get multiple tables? And we had a big trial room with multiple chairs and multiple tables, yeah. etc. So what she did is she made a deal with Warner Brothers. It also happened to be, we were shooting in 2009, it happened to be a time where prop houses were closing. Yeah. Where the business went down big yeah. time, bottomed out. And so she was able to make a deal with Warner Brothers and got for $1,000 a day, literally for $40,000, for each day of shooting, anything she can get her hands on, not men, flat rugs, yeah. draperies, lamps. But you know what one of our prop houses? Oh like. yeah, it's unbelievable. It's like and it's back then they had that style, which they don't have anymore. They don't have oh, that that abundance of what you guys got. They don't have yes. it anymore, which is always a sin because you know t spacing and time. They have to remove our things, but having a flat deal at a prop house when you're on a low budget movie is like essential, and it's the way it gets done. It's so. Well, I, I mean, know. I don't think. I mean, she was absolutely the right person because I couldn't. I didn't. I'm from the East Coast. We don't have that. A, we don't have a Warner Bros. prop house, right. and B, we don't. You can't even make a deal like that because nobody can pay their rent. Things are more right. expensive in Easter's because the right. prop houses have to pay their rents, and so it was such a. I mean, when those trailers came in, and it was like well, paintings and lamps, and and we still made some custom made paintings and custom made things, and she still went to a lot of vintage stores and antique markets. But it's the multiples yeah. it just kills you, you know, and that's why you either have to build it. Yeah, or you have to, or you have to do that. So um, she did an amazing job. I mean, and, and as you know, you know, that's but that's why I'm doing only period movies now uh, or, or projects mm -hmm. is because it's so much more challenging, and I'm up for a challenge. I just really <laughs> at this point in my career, I want a challenge. I want people to challenge me. You know what the challenge uh, is? The '90s. The '90s is hard. I mean, really. Yes, because the design was so all over the place. You have these uh -huh. really vi like vibrant colors, and then you have everything like sleek and modern, and then you have the 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 shabby chic, and it's just it was all over the place. It's it's really hard to nail down. And I've spoken to other decorators and designers, and they're like, "Yeah, we I did a '90s one. It was hard because you try to pull a little bit from the '80s, but the '80s is so." like different really when you start to look that the 90s was just this collaboration of so many different styles it's like <laughs> it's not good the 90s were not good <laughs> i don't know but period yeah, films I mean, are fantastic and the research the amount of research you have to do i love i always love the research yeah me too yeah me too yeah and then so with the let me get back to the conspirator for one second yes. so how much did you build versus, because you were talking about the locations, did you have a lot of build? Did you build the courtroom? Yes. The yeah. courtroom we built into yeah. some, in an abandoned car dealership. It had like, <laughs> oh my God, it only had 20 something one foot ceilings. It was, not, oh yeah, it was not good. But yes, that's what we built it. Yes. And, uh, and then we built that, we built a theater where he gets shot and that was oh, a wow. really yeah, because you can't, I mean, the, the fourth theater is very specific because yeah. the the lodge where the, the, the balconies where he sat is actually on the stage. It's not off the stage. Right. It's very unique design. So we actually, we, we did go to the fourth theater. We even sat, we even, uh, they let us, because it's Redford, they let us inside the, 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 the lodge itself, you know, the, the, the box. Mm -hmm. And you really, you are on the stage and you see it. Um, and so I pitched him the idea. I showed him 
how we can just build that side of the theater, the stage, and then create a small portion of balcony that we can move around and create a sense that there's more, more of it. Mm -hmm. And it worked because once we kind of figured out how we're going to do it, and this is where storyboarding ties into my career as a designer, is that I always think as the camera and I can always design for camera and I don't need to design more than what the camera can see or should see or needs to see. And we can agree on that. Obviously, it's a negotiation, but the truth of it is you don't have to build 360 all the time. You don't have to build. And that was a perfect example. So we, we built that, uh, the, the courtroom, uh, then, and then we built within locations. So like the prison cells were built. And, yeah, and there was the prison cells, but some of them were sets. Some of them were built within the fort, within the location. And I'm trying to think now what else. The houses were all locations. I mean, fully renovated, a lot of them, but doesn't matter. And then some of them were just period appropriate, like historical. Basically, that we went in and shot in. Um, I mean, you did a lot of exterior work. You covered the streets with mulch, you know, etc. You have to constantly hide cable and etc. But that it was, um, that fort that that's surrounded by the moat and yes. everything. What a perfect location i mean that's... wonderful location yes wonderful location yeah. there was actually a better one but that they couldn't make a deal with us that something went really wrong with them so we ended up in this one um i mean savannah has two forts you know you even had choices of forts yeah i mean it's the original because the, the this photographs from the hanging and it, it's not round it's straight so i wanted the straight angles but once and that's that's the other one that couldn't make a deal with us for whatever reason and um and 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 so we ended up at, at, at this one and uh you know you give up the, i mean okay so it's around whatever shoot me <laughs> what can i say hey but, it, but we made it look but we made it look very very close and we completely we built the scaffolding period appropriate with the period nails um you know and that's very important oh. because when you're that close to it you got to have the period nails so there was a lot of stuff like that in those buildings we built the buildings there in in the middle of the field we added those because that's where the uh, horses were and where people had lunch and stuff like that so those structures were actually sets so there was a lot of building within the locations but there was also straightforward sets but we never had a real stage because savannah doesn't really have real stages Oh but it does have tremendous amount of beautiful, beautiful. period preserved. Yep. Yes. The architecture there is, is beautiful phenomenal. City. Beautiful, beautiful city. Now, I should say your website has some sketches on it from all, mo most of your work. And yeah. you were saying you started in, from, you know, this from your beginning, just being able to draw and express that, I always think is so helpful. It, as a decorator, when I see a sketch from a designer, you know, because it could be completely different from what we scouted. And if someone's able to sketch it and visually give it to me and anyone else and just be clear of what's going on here, it's really helpful to everyone to be on the same page. So you well, being I mean, able to storyboard, I mean, you must just like, here, here it is. Here's your shot. Here, you're like, let me give it to you. You're done. Well, I mean, I think I, I fell into storyboarding is because I needed to break into film since I was theater trained. But in theater, in the part of the training in theater is you do a lot of sketching. You do a lot of actually, believe it or not, you do a lot of sketching for, for lighting, for light moods and stuff like mm. that. And then when you're doing an opera, you're sketching each act and each scene is different. So that's kind of like lends itself. You can see the progression 
of doing these little scenes, how that leads you to storyboarding. Mm -hmm. And then storyboarding let me, from Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan loved my work so much that he uh, recommended me for my first production design job. And then I never looked back. Right. Um, but the sketching has always been there in, and I am always mystified. I, I thought it, by the way, I thought everybody sketched. <laughs> so did I. So did I. I was mystified to find out that people don't. Right. And I was like, well, how do you communicate? You know, I was just literally mystified by that. Every, but, you know, you have to accept the fact that everybody comes with different backgrounds and different methods. And as long as they get their idea across, they get an idea across. Being a stage designer, being trained as a stage designer is also a little bit like you are a little bit of a control freak. So in order to control things, you better spell them out on the page, right? So the drawings are meant to also tell people, that's what I'm seeing. This right. is what I would like, you know, otherwise you may end up with something that is like, okay, that's your interpretation of it, but that's not what I was after. And so, and it's not fair to put your decorator or your art director or anybody else that's collaborating with you in that position. And, and again, as an artist, you should be open to everybody's input, but you also want them to march in the direction you are marching in or, or you've set the course. Yeah. And so the sketches for me, uh, AI, they're number one, they're, start, they're important to me because I need to figure out the design. So when I sketch, I'm designing and I figure it out as I'm working. Then I present to the director. That's a great tool to present and talk. I and mean, it's not as time consuming as model making. We'll always get to a model when we're sure that that is the design. And then they serve, I mean, I literally put lamps in and key yeah. furniture pieces in my sketches because I have a feel for where I would like this to go. Uh, you know, and I always give a lot of, um, I, now particularly I give a lot of digital presentations to my folks. I give a, a full on books of like, here's the style, you know, that I'm right. going for. That includes lamps and furniture, key pieces, not not overwhelming people, but like literally this is the direction. This is the color palette. This is a direction. I just think it's it's important and that's okay. how you, you can succeed and that's how you can work with different decorators and still get your vision, even though these are different people. And I feel it's a very big part of the designer job. And the other thing that I do is I also design my own ground plans. So the original ground plans mm -hmm. come from me because again, that is so important because that's determining the mise-en-scene, how the camera is gonna move, how the actors are gonna move, where the interest is, where the exits, what is the flow to the scene? That comes from theater, but then also comes from the storyboarding because it's really important to understand mm -hmm. That's great that you designed the most beautiful set, but if it's unshootable, right. nobody's going to see it. Right. You know, and so so how to how to incorporate the camera work and, and and to help yourself so the set is seen and it really comes alive for the director, for the camera person, for the actors. That's where the ground plan comes in, and I really to this day I do my ground plans. And also, you know. you're you're in so many more meetings and so many more discussions then say then with the the set decorator that you have an idea of like you know this is the focus over here so you don't right. have to you know decorate the world you know here's our focus and what we're right. really zooming in on and being able to convey that through drawings or the ground plans it's it's enormously helpful <laughs> like and and even for budget really cuz you, you don't don't want to waste and money Yes, and it gets everybody excited. I mean, the reality yeah. is... Oh, yeah. You... Seeing drawings does have excitement 
Yeah. It gets everyone and you get, and, and, and a lot of it has to do, I mean, you're also trying to get the producers uh, to support you yeah. and get them excited. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. if they see it, then they, oh, that's why you're asking for this money. You yeah. know, you just need to defend, you need to, you need to explain and defend every decision you're making. Well, that's a very easy way to say, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I think will really look great. And I just find it like, I mean, also it's just fun for me, but it is my process, you know, yeah. it really is. And now these very elaborate presentations I do. I know people are always stunned that I do my own presentations, that I don't give them to graphics or anything like that. But I am adamant about it because, again, that's a design process. It is when I do these presentations, a lot of the textures and a lot of the colors and a lot of the ideas in them. And I myself have to go back to it so that I don't forget something because yeah. I was like, oh, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it, there's so many, particularly with television, it's such a, it's such a, it's like doing hundred yards sprint forever. Every, <laughs> you know? every day and yeah. not seeing the finish line. You're just in the hundred yards forever. Yeah. Like you hundred yards, uh, fast, I didn't even, fast, fast, fast. Didn't even make it. No metal, yeah. no metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. And it becomes, it definitely becomes a moment where you forget you thought of something. And if you don't have a visual reference even for yourself, you can go back and go look, oh my God. That's what I was going to do. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, did you like on something like smash, were you able to keep up with the pace of like, were you, were you drawing a lot for that? I could assume it's like a dream to work on. I would love, I I would, (laughs) I love that show and I would have died to have worked on it. I just think it's so creative and so (laughs) much fun. Oh my God. Well, I did season two. Right. Yeah. So right. I did not do season one. I did season two and I was specifically asked to come on board. Uh, I had heard it was season one was very tumultuous. So I was very apprehensive uh, because a television is not necessarily my um, uh, comfort zone. It's not in my comfort zone. And uh, particularly network television, which has yeah, a very networks, different pace than yeah, HBO. It's not HBO. And, <laughs> right. And, and so, so I was very apprehensive about uh, doing Smash season two uh i was very apprehensive about going into a season two where the look is already set and i just and and the designer did a very good job in the very 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 difficult circumstances and the show had a lot of drama around it and um and it just i was just really really apprehensive and i was talked into it uh because i was asked to make the the numbers bigger better i was promised more money for the numbers nice. and to make them look like broadway numbers so i said okay that sounds good yeah so um uh, be careful what you wish for yeah give me more time know. give me more time I, I think that show i think that show tried to kill me i think it was determined to kill me uh, uh it just it was really really difficult it was really challenging to make uh large-scale musical numbers on yeah. a television schedule and nine day shooting schedule crazy uh and uh, so that was difficult what i inherited was a process of where none of the people making the music numbers communi- were coming together to meetings early enough so that's the one thing i really pushed for put my foot down and said well, yeah. no we need to sit down with composer the lyricist the choreographer the lighting designer, the th- because there was a theater lighting designer, they're all Broadway people, and me with the concepts. And I was, first I would do the sketches concepts, and then I would go to model. In that show, I had four model makers, and we would make full-on color models, because 
because there was no other way to, we had 12 producers that were all in LA and we were in New York that needed to approve everything and no other way to do it. You can't do it from a black and white sketch, too much explaining, right? And so, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's like, because I'd worked in theater, that's what you do, you do color models. So we did color models and, but the key to it was that we would sit early enough and say, all right, what do you need? This is what I'm thinking, here's the set. And they would say, oh, and the choreographer would say, I really would love to have a staircase here that goes to the airplane so I can twirl it around. It needs to be blah, 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 blah. And they'll give you all these things that they need and you can embed them and you can plan for them and you can do them. And then you'd go like, how about you want to play with the luggage? Yes. Okay. Does it need to be on rollers? Does it need to be this? Does, what does it need to do? And then, and I remember like, I would do a full on model and they go like, ah, we changed our mind. We're not doing that anymore. And you'd be yeah. like, yeah. I can kill you now, but sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, 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 and sometimes what I did also to force the conversations, here's something I'm very, uh, kind of have learned is I would just make a presentation. I would come up with a theme. I remember for one, I just said like, let's do, uh, because the, I would go and ask, is there a theme for this? Because no one's giving you no. answers. So at, at a certain no point, giving me an answer. you That's gotta exactly do right. it. No it's, it's gonna shoot and you gotta do it. <laughs> oh, right, and I gotta have something, right? Yeah. So then, so, so rather than, you know, throw my hands up in the air, I would go and I would come up with themes. And so I remember one and I said like, how about we have a catwalk and clocks and we inside of a clock and all the gears and blah, blah, blah. And they would go, no, but we could do a fashion show. I'm like, bingo, done, fashion show. Right. You know, and so so I've learned this from storyboarding because in storyboarding, what you're doing is you're proposing shot ideas. And, and in the director will say, that's not what I had in mind. I actually had in mind this and bingo, you got your answer what they had in mind. But if you ask them, what do you see? Sometimes they won't answer. It will show me what you can do. You know, you get like, right. okay. Well, it's a very you different know. question. So it's you learn. So so what I was doing on that show was constantly, I, I remember I came up with, I said like, why don't we do a Moulin Rouge number? Let's do, a, 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 you know, right. let's do, let's do Gigi Maupassant and let's have uh, Toulouse Lautrec. Why don't we call it the Toulouse Lautrec musical? And he's like, no, but we can do this. And that's kind of how you were just trying to force people into like some kind of an idea for, um, uh, this was when we were searching for what that, there was one musical that was, we see Sean's characters comes in and we was, in, in, and it was just one number. It was very comedic, but it was a, a rival Broadway musical. And it was like, well, what is that musical? What is it about? You know? Right. So how am I going to design it if I don't know what it's about? You see, and part of it is like, I need a book to it. I need a theme. You have to but give me the whole isn't book. That, me isn't, that incredible that, about. isn't it incredible someti what, sometimes yeah. there, that no one has thought of these things? <laughs> Isn't it well, incredible? I mean, I just feel like, especially in look, TV. I, I, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, in order for me to be successful to in terms of my designs, I need time, and in order for that time, I need a decision, right? Right. So what I have learned is try to find different ways to get to to people to articulate, to, to get them to make a decision, right? And. And, and Smash, as I said, what was so complicated about it, that he had so many people involved, more than any other show I've ever been on. And I think that that's one of the hardest things about television. It's when you have, 
uh, particularly with network. But when you have like an HBO situation, the difference between cable and 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 and, and network is within cable. It's more the showrunner's job. Let that they let them run. It's right. their show. Right. So that's kind of closer to film where you have a director and that's one person, one vision. Great. Okay, we don't have this. Twelve people need to say to approve every musical number. Right. But too many cooks. But it prepared me. It prepared me for Lovecraft Country for our <laughs> musical number. Because yeah, because I forced, I literally forced everyone to meet six weeks before the musical number and say, "Here's what I'm doing. This is what I'm proposing." Yeah, you I knew need better. To hear from, I need to hear from the choreographer. Are you okay with this? I'm giving you a staircase because that's always good for choreography. You know, what else do you need? I'm giving you this for lighting. I'm giving it a blah 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 blah. You know, like just literally trying to get people to a to really live in that environment because then I can tape it on the stage and they can rehearse and we can give them dummy steps right. and they can do the number and then everybody shines on the day of, of shooting because you have one day of shooting in the meantime. Right. And you've prep number. you've you've allowed them to prep for this and given yes. people time to prep yep. for this and that's, that's invaluable. The, I think that's the key if you want to know why Lovecraft Country looked good is because I would start the concepts and the ideas months ahead months ahead i was designing the planets in may they didn't shoot till late october november you know mm -hmm. i yeah. was just like no i'm gonna crack this i was like literally i had to i had to i had to crack this stuff and i was on the plane to chicago when i was drawing the planets and drawing the crazy <laughs> branches and kind of came up with the idea oh i want to see these branches and they have little craters and it's kind of like my idea of the little prince you know who goes from planet to planet yeah uh, you know yeah so you draw upon a lot of uh, influences and things and and ironically i know people because i've done like there was a whole class in San Diego. I think they studied Lovecraft Country. That was they spent a semester. So like I gave a kind of master class. Oh, that's amazing! I know, I know. And then another class asked me, and they all think that I've done a lot of horror, and, and or that I've read a lot of horror. And I just go like, I this will shock you. I've never read H.P. Lovecraft. I kind of know who he is, but I had to research him. Uh, but I said, I've never, I've done only one movie like, in the horror genre, and that is the remake of Poltergeist, but yeah. that's a ghost story. Yeah. And I did it so that I can get experience with green screen and inverted hallways and special effects and visual effects, and it was the right, I needed, I needed to have that in my portfolio. But I don't do horror. It's not in my, it's not in my vocabulary. It's not something that, it's not a world that I live comfortably in. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because it scares me. Because yeah. I actually don't watch it because it scares the bejesus out of me, and I find no pleasure in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. I don't. But it's weird. I, Lovecraft. I don't. I know it's a horror, but I wouldn't tell someone it was. It's. it's I don't know what horror. I would say it was, but it's awesome. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> it's, it's really. And this is why I said, like, I didn't design it for horror. I designed no. it for the characters. The real right. horror of the people and what they have to do, how yeah. they have to survive as black people in white yeah. America. That's the that's horror the real story. Horror. That's that's the real, yeah. yeah. That's the, that's what the show is about, you know. The rest of it is metaphors, you know, uh, the horror side of it. But it's more science fiction and more fantasy. It's more fantasy to me. It was, it was you know... Uh, I, I called it Harry Potter for adults, basically. <laughs> <It is laughs> magic and yeah. and, yeah. uh, you know, but but I can design for that, and that's how I was designing. But yeah. you know, I know those those kids. They're like, and did you see? Like they would ask me Evil Dead, and I said, No, I've never seen Evil Dead, and I don't mean anything against it. I've just well, never no. literally never seen it. Uh, it's just not. 
I, I'm a very scary cat, and, and, and horror deeply upsets me. Violence upsets oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, <laughs> you were talking about Smash and having to have so many people and so many people on set and like these big numbers and everything and but you've also done like gray gardens where it's just two people on screen basically the whole oh, time just but, well the third the third character in that is on set well the, I mean, the yeah the house, house. i mean not do gray gardens that oh, was really i could talk to you about gray gardens for like two hours i i mean I, were you a fan of the document yes. or had you yeah okay well then yes. you were you're in you're in huge fan huge fan of the documentary i remember i went with my husband to see it at film forum i even remember the day we saw it and where we saw it and i just remember the like mind-blowing this documentary just blew my mind such an interesting story and then when i heard about the project that was coming uh i I, again that's another one i really really chased i just went like i have to do this i have such a good insight into these women i gotta do this i gotta do this and uh and i met michael susie and we just really really hit it off and it was ironic because somebody else was supposed to it was one of those projects that was just around kicking around for a couple of years kind of like little miss sunshine somebody else was supposed to do it and then by the time the project finally financially happened the designer wasn't available. So a lot of your career is based on just dumb the timing. Luck. Yeah. But, you know, like, available, not available. Luck. Yeah, I know. How, how do you control that? No I one can control it. that. That's just dumb luck, you know? And so, um, but we really hit it off and it was done in Toronto and we built the facade on an abandoned ground in the Toronto Zoo uh, because it looked wild and it was great. It would look wild and it had that fence actually that was so good. So we built two thirds of the facade. We built like, well, like the front, mm-hmm. the side, one side and a little bit of the other side. Um, not even a full, uh, not a full 360 facade. We didn't need it. The porch was very important. And then the rest of the rooms were uh, on stage um and uh, it was a two-story set actually you did go physically up the stairs and went up upstairs to the yellow room um it was very important to michael um and i i agree with that because there was a lot of shots going up and down the stairs yeah and you couldn't really and dancing. It, it, it would have it, he didn't want to break the camera uh and and and, and that's fine and the challenge of that show was having to age it every four days every room every exterior interior every single room Every single piece of it, every four days needed to be aged. So you start pristine and you're aging and you're aging and you're aging until you get to the very decrepit look. Mm-hmm. I know. And it was such a scheduling puzzle. And um, and so when we when they would shoot at the facade uh, on location, we would be aging the stage, etc. So it was constantly hopping. Uh, and it was... It was a very complex show. I happen to have one of the best art directors on the planet on that show. And I really could not have done it without his help because the the, 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 the technical figuring out of the whole schedule was such a part of how we were going to accomplish things. And then with aging, trying not to get too theatrical and go too far deep into it was just really hard. And then- Brant Gordon. You know, Brant Gordon? Yeah. Is, and, yeah. and you aging also the set dressing. I mean, you aging right. everything. Right. It's not just the walls, it's the set dressing, everything. So it was really interesting. And you knew you were going to recreate the yellow room, but the rest of the house, um, we had the ground plans for it, but there are no really great records of what it truly looked like in so the that 20s purple the that purple in the living room is to die for to die that for and then the drapery that. against it is 
it's chilling. I did. I love it. I love that it. I love it. Purple was an accident. That oh, purple. <laughs> that purple yeah. was awesome. That purple was a happy accident. That's another thing I really believe in in happy accidents because you know you're going on the show. I had ordered, and this was this was so interesting. I had ordered wallpaper from Secondhand Rose, which was a big oh, yeah, uh, yeah. period wallpaper source. Yes, and it arrived. And you're looking at a tiny sample. We're in Toronto. They're in New York. You're looking at a sample this big on your on your on your on your screen. It arrives, and oh my God, it has a stripe in it. Something we thought was an edge to the wallpaper turned oh. out to be a stripe in it. We thought that was the edge that you cut. Right. So they put a couple of rolls. They call me downstairs. It was kind of purplish in the tone, but it had flowers in it, and now it had a stripe. And it was too much with the drapes, with the whole thing. And they just they call me and they go, "You got to come down." And I just go and I flip out. It is. I just said it looks like pajamas, <laughs> and I was just horrified. I was like, "We cannot have this in this movie." And so I called the director, and I go, "I got, I got to go. For it. I got to, I got to strip it." And he goes, "Are you sure you can't make it work?" I'm like, "I am not having striped pajamas in this yeah. movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm just no. The flowers was already a thing. Now we got to get striping it. It's too much going on. It was overwhelming, and it's like I don't want the set to become the. the uh, it's not a musical, for God's sakes. It's not just supposed to overwhelm you, right? Yes. And 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 I just go. I love this deep tone, and my scenic says, "I have a. How about you pick a tone, and I've got this technique where I can create depth to it." And he made me a sample. I picked the purple, I, and I said to Michael. You know, with these drapes and, and that yellow room, some yellow room, because I wanted to connect to the yellow. I said, purple is the perfect complement. Let's go for it. She's a queen. She's royal. Right. Let's go for it. And it was so beautiful. And it calmed the set. And now I'm thinking, how much better this is than my wallpaper. But it happened in the 11th hour. And it was like, it was... Uh, um, it was traumatic. Yeah, but no, yeah. I wasn't, wasn't going to have pajamas. That happens to me at least weekly. I feel like I go through well, something I mean, of like, oh, that didn't work out. What, what is next? Oh, I should have thought of that first. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you know what? Now, now I ask even with my decorator on the last show because particularly when you're doing sets that are like this, where so much of the action takes place in there, every couch, everything starts mattering a lot because you're seeing it a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally important. So now I'm like, I know you love this couch, but do me a favor, get at least two more options. You know, because yeah. it's really hard to tell scale from a photograph. Oh my gosh, I say it all the Very time. Hard. I say it and all the time. People have to. I ask some of my buyers take pictures of them sitting in the chair, especially for like exactly. conference chairs and everything, to see where the head lands. Like it's, it's. Oh, I thought that was much bigger. Okay, got it. It's, it's so well. We, we after after you have couches that cannot get in an elevator, you learn to measure the elevator. Right. After you have couches that come out and they look like a mid, like for little people yeah. and kids, like looks like a kid's room couch, you learn that, yeah, somebody should sit on it. And then you learn, you know what? Instead of having to go one at a time, how about we get, and so now I insist at least on two couches. 
you, yeah. For Because that's easy, where you start. The sofa is where you start options. for me. Let's start with two options. And, 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 and I would now, and, and I really had like, I mean, she, and she had a really long one. She says like, no, they can let, and I said, the room is very small. I think I like this one, the boxy one. I said, do me a favor. I'll poster both of them. We'll put them in the set. I'll go with what you think is really great. But I'm telling you, this is going to be the one because I think we need slightly smaller and boxier. Right. And sure enough, that ended up playing better, but you don't know. I also want to give her the freedom to experiment and see if it will work, if it is to work. Uh, but I'm not settling for one choice. I'm just like, no, it's like with lamps. Gotta have multiples. Oh, yeah. And gotta have that. Always, I'm always. Just, yeah. So, so now, so, but, I mean, but the key to it also is to, to tell people, if you see something that's going the wrong direction, stop, call me, let me come and see it. Don't right. wallpaper the entire room. Right. See if, if your Easting says something's uh-oh, wrong, then don't, you know, and they would, the smart people, they put two rolls up and went, I'm not sure she's going to like this, you yeah. know, and when they no, called me, I was call. like, okay. Well, they knew you, and, and it's also knowing you and getting no, a key right, key right, into team, knowing you. Right yeah. into, no. No, they didn't know me. They just oh. were smart people. Oh. You know? No, no, no. Toronto. Who, who, no. It's a whole new team. Actually, my first time in Canada. Yeah, I've done a lot in Canada uh, since then. But uh, but you know what? I mean, it just uh, empower people. Tell them. Yeah. It's really important to let them know and, and be available. And I always tell people, text me, call me. I don't care. You're not bothering me. I'd rather <laughs> be there that, and, and solve the problem than have a full-on wallpaper room and then what yeah and we're stripping it you know it's better to do this so anyway but yeah great goddess was full of full of uh, happy accidents and and i worked so hard on that I, and so many know, greens i, I mean greens oh, take yes. a huge amount so like into the, i mean you had trees growing into the bedroom and the overgrowth of huge, the exterior huge character in the show yeah. huge greens show and young greens and old greens and uh, this greens and yes and the greens changed every four days yes it was massive so yeah. when you took it from you you started new you started like in the 30s Correct. And then you took it down, but then you had to go. It actually has three looks because then they refresh it or whatever. So you have, Correct. so you have it's the three four, looks. It so actually has four looks. Yes, oh, because it, they bring it back. Mm-hmm, right. They clean it up. Right, right, right. You're right. So is that in order? Ish. No, I believe I'm pretty sure we shot that before we shot the really, the really, the last look. Oh wow. No, so I wanted you to shoot the really decayed look last because and the reason, uh, particularly for the facade, is because at the end we dropped the, the crane on it uh, to to break the the roof. The roof. Wow. So, yeah. So you you couldn't go back, you know. Uh, and then the rest of it, I think. No, very much. I said like, no, no, no. We gotta go in order of aging, even if it's not the order of storytelling. In that particular yeah, instance, you have to. I mean. It's, you have to because that's the best way to. because that, then it's consistently aged. And plus for the actors, I would think, and the director, like how you, you just like the flow of the story, even though it's flashback and here and there, but just to keep the continuity for them of what's right. going on in this in this world. It's, um, right. oh, I love, I've, I mean, I've seen it so many times and I, there, was a, there was a play that came to LA a couple of years ago of it that oh, I saw. It was saw. a musical. Yeah. A play or a musical? The musical. I think it was a musical. And it yes, was, uh-huh. I, I would yeah. die. I, we, we, like, I was like front row. <laughs> I like, loved right. it. It's, was, yeah. it's such a great project. And it never gets old to me. Like, it's just so fascinating, the story of it and how you let that go. And 
your mind. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Has... They went to, yeah. Uh. They, I mean, they went to a mental place and, and they had a total codependency. I mean, it's a very interesting story. And also, both of them do such a good job yeah. in it. Phenomenal. Both of them. And Drew is the best thing Drew Barrymore's ever done. I yes, I absolutely one agree with you. Lang, one expects yeah. Jessica Lang excellence, yeah. but Drew Barrymore shines in that. Absolutely are, shines in the movie. Are you um are you watching anything now that you're really jealous that you're not working on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Really, I get I don't jealous. Get, I get very jealous. I don't get into that headspace. <laughs> Really I don't think I, I mean I, maybe when I was younger I would but now I don't because there's no I'm uh, there's no point to it uh I'm working on my my personal growth as a designer is yeah. what I'm working yeah, on yeah, and yeah. trying to really self-challenge I am doing a couple of things I am starting very early uh at the beginning of another movie with George Clooney and um we're in exploratory stages of trying to figure out where to shoot this and then I'm doing actually something I've never done, but I'm very curious about, uh, which is um, I'm going to create actual clubs and spaces and markets in a building in uh, downtown Reading, PA. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, it's a permanent set, basically. Wow. And that because that would be permanent. You know, that nobody's going to take it to a trash and throw right. out. I know. <laughs> Oh, so yes, yeah, so I'm doing a speakeasy and a smoking lounge and a market and a big club uh, slash brewery type of thing. So fascinating. Uh, that fascinates me because that's kind of like okay, this is like my personal private playground. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and public. a speakeasy and every. I mean, it sounds like right, you, it's exactly, even creative. Exactly. It's not even anything boring. Correct. No, no, no. That, but that's why I'm doing that because it's not even. Yes, exactly. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And so. Uh, what am I watching? Uh, I'm watching different type of shows. We watch a lot of movies. We've been on a kick. Uh, my husband and I love, we have a huge uh, DVD library, a Blu-ray. He will mm -hmm. correct me and say Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, and we're now on a kick of where we're doing spaghetti westerns. Oh. <laughs> we are doing, I gave him a really beautiful book on spaghetti westerns on the design and the makeup and the making of them. Uh, for his birthday, and so we started watching a lot of Italian movies, not just the Sergio Leone, but other ones, less known ones, uh, and it's um, really fun, and it's really interesting to see Europeans doing American Western towns, <laughs> and uh, which, is, which is actually more interesting and more beautiful, believe it or not, because they're taking their slight take on it is very, very beautiful. So um, that's kind of fascinating to look at uh, somebody interpreting a different culture, oh, yeah. you know, um, all dubbed, <laughs> all, <laughs> all dubbed. Um, but anyway, but that, that's what we're doing in the moment. That's what, uh, that's what I'm doing. Oh, that's right a fun now. one. That's a fun job. I've never really gotten into that genre. I should check it out. I've never. Oh, I, I is fascinating. We, we, like, we go through this, like we were on them for a while. I, I love film noir. That's my favorite genre. If, mm -hmm. if I ever want to, like, he would go like, what do you want to watch tonight? I would go like, oh, I want you film noir. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love film noir and I love Hitchcock. So I can always go full back on that, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, when we, when, uh, or, or Fellini, uh, that's kind of like my, what do you want to watch tonight? Let's go do that. Uh, but we go sometimes through themes like that. And we just did a whole bunch of French movies from the 50s uh, directed by Clouseau, Ooh. who does kind of French for film noir. Yeah. yeah. So we just go into this. Like, we'll get in a mood and we'll just like, 
Um, and he loves samurai movies, so sometimes we'll watch samurai movies. And then it creeps into your head and it, it influences. I always well, think that, I think to that, me. I mean, I think that particularly, yes, because particularly when I was doing North, uh, the, the Korean part, the first thing that came to my mind, because it's about a demon, I was like, oh, Kurosawa, I got to go back revisit Kurosawa. Right. I got to look at those demon stories, you know, et cetera. So, you know, um, it's, I, I would say that love for film and watching a lot of film is really i mean being a cinephile is an important part of being a designer too yeah yeah because you, know, you see what works and what didn't <laughs> well and you can draw upon different kind of uh, uh influences not just what's in front of you at the moment you yeah. know yeah i mean i'm i'm constantly watching anything that's on just to check out design and just to see like oh how did they do that and god i would have never done that and god that's awesome and how did they get yeah. that done? And but just such appreciation for all of our work because I know how hard it is. Yeah, and uh, I just want to before we go, I want to plug one thing. Okay. Uh, I am a co-founder of the Production Designers Collective with uh, production designer Inval Weinberg, mm -hmm. and the whole mission. We have over seven hundred members now. We're digital. We're free. Uh, and we invite people from all over the world. So we're global and we um, have a lot of sort of Zoom sessions now because of COVID. And then we publish a magazine every two weeks, uh, every two months, excuse me, uh, on uh, different topics for designers and we interview different designers. But the whole idea is to bring people together and uh, make kind of a collaborative society of designers in a sense oh, and exchange fantastic. ideas, a space to exchange ideas. So that's that's our mission. That's our goal. Uh, we're less about competitiveness and more about dialogue and um, a collective. Literally, what we meant by it—the production designers collective. And it's is that is that the name of the website also? Yes, it's that's the website. Designerscollective.com. Production production designers collective. Production designers collective.com. How interesting. Well, I'm going to go on it right now and check you, check you out. Yes, yes, yes. No, uh, I, I mean, we, uh, so anyway, so, but that's something I'm very proud of and it's been our project for, for, we've been doing it for the last six, six years and I've met a lot of production designers that way. That's so uh, great because camaraderie and, and being in it yes. together and no dialogue yeah. and exchange of ideas. And that's kind of like why I don't like to get into a, a competitive headspace. It's not worth it. No. <laughs> no. I'm much more about like, let's all come together and help each other versus the opposite. No. Well, I can't thank you enough for even oh. talking to me because I've enjoyed your work for a very long time. And then just revisiting this whole Lovecraft country is just such an enormous project that I really bravo for for giving that to us visually because it's it's a gift because it's gorgeous and it's really fantastic. So thank you for that and um, and your time. So thank you. Thank you. It's a I'm very, very proud of the show. I really wanted to do it. I always have a smile on my face every day. Uh, and uh, I, I remember telling Misha, I said, like, if this ends up being the last thing I've ever done, I am blissfully happy. Yeah. And she just winked at me and said, it's not going to yeah. be the last thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you still got to go to work. Sorry. It is. I am good. I am good. I've done something that I really feel it's like, okay, this is something truly, truly beyond yeah. special. That's really great. Really yeah. great to be proud of. Um, I wanna... uh, so I really held back on those great garden questions 
because I had like 20 more. I mean, the wallpaper selection and um, I mean, that's such a great story, but choosing those colors and um, uh, I don't know. I, it's just a fantastic, interesting story to me, basically about hoarders, you know what I mean? Um, but how these two women could be just living in their own filth for that long um, and to show that and how sad it was and to really get the layers of the years. I mean, that's like 40 years they were there. It's crazy. It's just such a spectacular job. Um, and you can hear in her voice, she really has a passion for this job. And um, it's my first time talking to her. I sometimes feel that that's better when I interview people because I don't know what they're going to say. <laughs> I kind of know what my friends or colleagues are going to say in some sense, but I I don't research like and read a, other interviews that people have done. I just watch their work. It's probably not the right way to do an interview because <laughs> I could probably I don't know. Anyway, I need all right. I need an interviewing course probably, but I watch people's work. And then I want to talk about it. <laughs> and that's what this is. Um, but I'm super thankful that um, she was able to give me some time. And I really hope you consider Lovecraft Country because I definitely am. Now that I've really watched it, it's it's a lot. That's a lot of work. A lot of a lot of people sweated over those sets. I gotta say. So yeah, I hope you got a new phone. I'm Kim Wanup for Decorating Pages. Splash away on your Stogie Floaty Luxury Pool Float. Available now at Etsy and stogiefloaty.com. <laughs>